Hey, have you ever had uh, one of those experiences where you, at least for a split second, thought you were dying? Or since you've never died before, at least wondered, is this it? Right? It's like, am I dying? Is this it? And we have a phrase that we use, and I'm not really sure how accurate it is. It's not really literal, um, I, I don't think. But my whole life flashed before my eyes. I mean, is that even possible? You know, your whole life flashed before your eyes. But we know what they mean when they say that. It's just like one of those, like, ha, ha, ha. It's kind of chaotic, random. You're not quite sure what's going on, but you're wondering, is this it? Is this the big one? Um, I've had a couple of those experiences. One in particular that comes to mind, maybe it'll make you think of of, of one of your experiences. Uh, Our girls were little. And we were coming home late. It was late after bedtime and dark, obviously. We're pulling up to the house. It's really late. And Donna said, I tell you what, I'll, I'll get the girls and their stuff together. You go on up and uh, unlock the front door, turn the lights on so we can see getting all the stuff unloaded. Because, you know, with little kids, you have stuff. And so we were getting, you know, that, that's our routine. I get out of the minivan. I walk up to the front door, get my key out, and stick the key in the door. And then something hits me in the face. Boom. What in the world? And, and I mean, what happened in the next few moments was one of the most chaotic experiences of my life. What I was not aware of what was happening to me in the moment was on the beautiful wreath that my wife had put at the front door, evidently, was a bird <laughs> who was sleeping. And I surprised him. So he decided to surprise me right back. And so immediately, boom, right in the face. And I, I didn't know what was going on. I mean, eventually I pieced it all together, but I could feel, I could feel these, these sharp things right here, right in my chin, just, I guess, the claws, you know? And, and as I turned around, then all of a sudden I heard this, and my wings were slapping me in the face. I didn't know that's what it was. I mean, it's pitch dark. And, I, and so I did what anybody would do. I started running and screaming, I started running back to that, and Donna gets out, and she's like, what's going on? And so, you know, by that point, the bird had, or, you know, I didn't know it was a bird, but it had let go, and I don't know if it made it, but there I was, you know. I showed up at the van quite disheveled. Uh, looked like I'd been in a war. I had bird poop all over my face. It was in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, because so in that moment, I'm like, am I dying? I mean, afterwards, when I realized what was happening, I'm like, now I'm going to get bird flu, and I'm really going to (laughs) die, right? Yeah, you ever had a moment, something like that? Yeah, and then we have what we all call the wake-up call, right? You ever had a wake-up call? The situation that happened to you, and it was, it was serious, but we say this, and you finish it for me. It could have been mm-hmm, so much worse. Yeah. The car accident. The cancer diagnosis. That cancer is always a big deal, but you're so grateful they found it as early as they did because they had not found it as soon as they did the outcome would have been different. Or the heart attack, or the stroke, and heart attacks, strokes, those are big deals. But, but the doctor said, oh, you know what? It could have been so much worse. Those moments, 
those moments that just wake us up to the reality of the fact that we're going to die. I want to suggest to you that I think we should all probably spend a little bit more time thinking about death than we do and dying. Why? Because we're all going to die. I mean, it's going to be a part of every one of our lives. Death is just a part of life. And we should probably spend a little bit more time thinking about it than we do. Now, as kids, Disney tries to help us. They really do. I mean, they, they try to let us know, hey, kids, as you're watching this movie, you need to know that this is a part of reality. Right, Bambi? Mom gets killed off right up front. Finding Nemo? Mom gets killed off right up front. Like, I don't know why it's to mom. I don't know if there's a meeting somewhere. And it goes like, okay, here's the deal. We'll knock mom off at the beginning just to make it interesting. We're like, what? Why is it to mom? Well, it's not always to mom. Moana, grandma dies at the beginning. Uh, Lion King, dad dies at the beginning. And oh my goodness, if you've seen Up, if you haven't, warning. Warning. Just, just oh, it's just this big, long, and then boom, she dies. And it's like, and the movie just started, right? And the kids are like, I don't know why mom's crying so much. What's going on, you know? Disney tries to help us. Death is a part of life. We have all these phrases in our language. We talk about death, you know, lightheartedly a lot because we, we say these things, you know. Someone kicked the bucket. We know what that means. Uh, they're pushing up daisies. We know what they mean. Uh, somebody croaked or they keeled over. Yeah, we know exactly what somebody's talking about. We talk about someone being deceased uh, or they passed away. Hey, hey, and it's October, so now we decorate it with it. We decorate R.I.P., 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 you know, rest in peace. It's just, it's a part of our world, but we really don't think about it like we should. We should think about it more. It's a dangerous place, this world we live in. It's very dangerous. A lot of times we don't realize how dangerous the world is. Do you know that in the United States alone in 2022, so far in 2022, this year in the United States alone, 46 people have died in association with lawnmowers. And if you're a middle school student whose parents have you mow the grass against your will, that's a helpful statistic. <laughs> Just remind mom, I don't, I don't think this is a good idea, mom. I don't want to be 47. Did you know? It's proven. More people die standing in front of vending machines every year than shark attacks. Think about that next time you want a pack of nabs. You need that honey bun fix? <laughs> I don't know. And what's interesting, because of the pandemic, we've almost become numb to death. I mean, if you go back and think about in 2020, all the way through the middle of 2021, what was the lead story of all the news, news outlets, online, TV? What was almost always the lead story? How many people had died so far? Now, here's the deal. That's a serious reality, and there's no laughing matter when it's someone you know and someone you love. But for the world... Like, this is how many people died in your country. This is how many people died in the U.S. In our state, this is how many people died. And they go down county by county by county by county. And it was like death, 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 death. And I'll be honest, we just got numb to it. 
Because it was just, we heard it all the time. And you know, the thing, if you hear it over and over and over again, eventually you stop hearing it, really. So it would probably be a good thing for us all to think about death. Seriously, though. Not in just our language. Not in just a byline in a news story. But in reality. Because most of the time, we just want to avoid it. I get it. Most of the time, we just, I don't want to go there. That's sad. That's depressing. I don't want to talk about it. Can we not have that conversation? I just don't want to talk about it because it's just, oh, it's level 10, right? It's level 10 kind of conversation. Now, let me call time out just a second and say that there are a couple groups of people that come to mind immediately. And if you're in one of these two groups of people, you probably think about death a whole lot more than the average person. And granted, like group number one that I think about, if, if you're struggling with depression to the point of having suicidal thoughts, then you think about death a whole lot more than the average person. But in a very unhealthy way. And you may not realize how unhealthy that is. And unnecessary that is. I want to let you know that there is help for you. And we want to help you get the help you need. You need to reach out to us. To somebody. Because you don't have to journey through what you're journeying through alone. And your death is not the way out. It's not the healthy way through it. Let us help you. Meet meet us in the gallery. In the lobby after one of the services, and we'll be glad to journey with you to get the help you need. There's a better way. The second group of people that I think of who probably think of death a whole lot more than the average person is are people who have recently lost someone they love. You've attended the memorial service or the funeral of someone you care about, and so, yeah, it's on your mind because you're adjusting and you're living in the reality of this hole that love left. You need to know that if that's you, healing will come. Healing will come. Time is a wonderful healer. God does amazing work in our lives, but it takes time. The grieving process takes time. So obviously you think about it more than you probably did before. But for the most part, most of us choose not to go there. I I, I don't really want to think about it. I've got plenty of time to think about that. I really do. I've got all the time in the world, especially if you're young. If you're young, you know, you're you're thinking, I got time. I'll get to that. I'll think about my death then. If you're old, you go, I'm so young. I got plenty of time. We all think we have plenty of time. But interesting, in all my years of walking with people through the journey of death, I've never met anybody that at their point of death, and they realized they were at the point of death, I've never met anyone that felt like they had, they had had plenty of time to get ready. And so we distract ourselves with some good things, but a lot of not so healthy things, we distract ourselves, and it's just easier not to go there. It's so depressing and sad. But God, through the wisdom writings of King Solomon in ancient Israel, in the Old Testament, thousands of years ago, challenges us to think about death. And this is what Solomon writes. It's better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. I bet nobody has this hanging in their house. 
No tattoos here. Mm-mm. Yeah. Doesn't that sound like something Jack Nicholson would say in a movie? It's better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. Yeah. Kind of creepy, huh? So true. Better to spend your time at funerals and parties. Why? He tells us. Because after all, everyone dies and everyone leaves out no one. Everyone dies. So the living, those of you that haven't died yet, you need to take this to heart. Better to spend your time at funerals than at parties. He goes on to say, actually, a wise person thinks a lot about death. Why a fool thinks only about having a good time, like here and now. Like, I don't want to go there. I don't want to. He said, that's foolish. If you're wise, you will sit yourself down and you will give this some thought. That's why we're doing this series. Because, because all of us are going to have this experience. Whether you call it a funeral, a memorial service, or whatever, it happens in a room like this, or at the graveside, or somewhere else, all of us, we're going to walk this road. And so what I want to do in the next few minutes is kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and let you know a couple of things that I'm not sure if anyone has ever told you. And I'm not sure if I've ever said it like I'm going to say it here in the next few minutes. I begin to realize, wait a second, I've gone to more funerals than I can remember. Because I'm a pastor in the last 28 years, I have gone to so many funerals, there's no way that I can remember all the funerals that I've gone to. And most of the funerals that I have attended, I've officiated because I'm a pastor. So I've done most of the talking. And so I started reflecting. I was like, wait a second. There's a common thread here that I'm seeing in funerals. We talk about the same things no matter whose funeral it is. I mean, the details are a little different here and there, and the, obviously the names are different. But pretty much we talk about the same kinds of things at everybody's funeral. So if that's the case, why don't we, why don't we get on top of that before the funeral? Why, why, don't, we, why don't we look at what's going to matter most then and make it matter more now, today? So that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to begin with a won't list. Here's a list of things that won't matter at your funeral. We're not going to talk about them. They may get a quick mention. They may get a side note here and there, but it's not going to be the focus, I promise you. It will not be the focus. It will not be the primary thing people want to talk about. It's not going to be the primary thing that you care about if you know you're almost about to die. We're not going to talk about your job. We may talk about what your job was, but we're not going to spend a lot of time talking about your job. Why? Because it's a job. Money. We won't talk about your money unless you had a lot. No, especially if you had a lot. Yeah, right? If you don't have a lot, that's it. If you don't have a lot of money, what happens is we may talk about, you know, how thrifty you were and how you made the most out of, you know, didn't have a lot. But if you had a lot of money, ain't nobody saying nothing about the money because everybody in there is going to be going, who's the executor? I hope I made the cut, uh, you know. Your hobbies, make it a quick mention. They like to do this. They like this sports team. And there's a reason this list is here. Just hang with me. Social media, we won't talk about how many social media followers you had. In fact, here's a kicker. Most of your followers ain't coming to your funeral anyway. They just follow you, you know, creep on you from a distance. They're not gonna, they don't love you enough to show up. I'm just telling you. Politics, eh-eh. 
stuff, the stuff you had, the stuff you own, the, no, probably not. How physically fit you were. We're, we're not, we're not going to talk about how physically fit you were. Here's why. You're dead. Every physically fit person dies. Hear that well. Now, I'm not saying being physically fit is not important. If you're not physically fit, you'll just die sooner. Right? But we ain't going to talk about, oh, he was so cut. She looked 20 years younger than she really was. No, no, no. We, we don't talk about it. The only reason we talk about how physically fit you were is like we're shocked that you died so soon. Like, and he ran. He ran every day and stuff wasn't even chasing him. He just ran for fun and keeled over. Can you believe it? Yeah, physically fit. We won't talk about that. Your to-do list, how much you got done or didn't get done, it won't come up. <laughs> Listen to that. That's a big one to me. You know, I'm a type A kind of, you know, my mind works in lists. But no one's going to talk about how much I did or did not get done on my to-do list. Your accomplishments may get a quick mention. Your retirement, mm mm-mm. No one's really going to talk about that. And here's why I mention all this. Isn't it true that we spend most of our lives on this list? We spend most of our lives worried about, focused on, Dealing with the problems that's here on this list. Trying to accomplish what's here. So laser focused on this. And none of this is really what's going to be talked about all that much. You may get a mention. Now, nothing wrong with these things per se. Um, Some of these things do matter and some of them matter a, a lot. They just don't matter the most. Some of these are nice distractions along the way, kind of make life livable and kind of fun along the way. But I'm just telling you, these things are not what's going to matter the most. I wonder when you look at this list, which one jumps out to you and goes, that's you, that's you, that's me, that's me. I get consumed with this. So the things that consume us now will not be the things that really matter then all that much. So I I share this with you not to make you sad, not to bum you out, but to kind of wake you up a little bit and to wake us up a little bit to say, hey, listen, I know what we're going to talk about at your funeral. I know, I know. And since it's going to matter most then, let's make it matter more now. And it ain't these things right here. So what is it? What matters most? Before I tell you, let me tell you that we will all agree on what matters most at the end. All of us are going to want the same things regardless. And it has to do with two areas. Here's what matters most. Something about God and something about people. That's it. Whether you're spiritual or not, whether you were a church-going person or not, I'm telling you, I've done the funerals. I've talked with the families only two things. It has something to do with God and the people you loved and the people that loved you. Everything else, details, minor details. And yet, isn't it interesting how we spend most of our lives on the stuff that don't make the cut in the end? Now, this shouldn't be a surprise to me. It shouldn't be a surprise to you. Not only do we see this at the funerals where we've attended. I mean, if you think back, you're like, you know, you're right. I'm not trying to be right. I'm just telling you, trying to point out what we all kind of know here. 
But God has told us this. God has showed us this. All throughout the Bible narrative, all throughout the scriptural story, you see this highlighted time and time again. There's really only two things that matter in the end, and it's your relationship with God and, and, and people, and that's it. Let me just give you a couple of highlights. Okay, Jesus was teaching one day, and a couple of people came up to him and, and tried to trip him up and get him to say something wrong and do something wrong because they were constantly trying to get Jesus in trouble, plotting against Jesus, and they had this idea, hey, we'll ask Jesus a question, we'll stump Jesus, and Jesus will be embarrassed or he'll say something wrong, and the Jewish authorities and Jewish leaders will descend upon him and we'll get rid of Jesus. And here's what they asked him. They said, Jesus, what's the most important law? What's the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And that's a big question, especially in the Jewish society. There's 613 laws in the law of Moses. 613 do's and don'ts in the Old Testament. 613, and you're asking me to say which one is the most important? They thought they had Jesus. Here's what Jesus said. Watch this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Then he goes on to say, love your neighbor as yourself. So he gives them kind of two sides of one coin. And he goes on to say that the entire law and all the demands of the prophets, in fact, the whole Old Testament, are based on these two commandments. So he summarized the whole Old Testament into two commands. Love the Lord your God with everything you got. And love people, your neighbor, as yourself. Do you get that? God people, the vertical and the horizontal. The only two things, really, that you can summarize the whole Old Testament. The only two things that are going to matter in the end, something about God, something about people, Jesus said is that's how you basically summarize the entire Old Testament scriptures. Now, let me fast forward. Towards the end of Jesus' ministry, he gave us what he called the new command not number 614. This was a command that kind of like supersedes all other commands. I mean, and, and if you can get this one right, everything else will fall into place. Jesus' new command, and we talk about it here at the summit all the time. He said, love each other. And just as I've loved you, you should love each other. Look here. It's the same two elements, the vertical and the horizontal. As I have loved you, relationship with God, Love each other, people. So the whole Old Testament is about God and people. Jesus said the new command is all about receiving love from God and then sharing that love with each other, people. And so there it is again. It really comes down to those two things. I want to show you one more. If you fast forward a few decades after Jesus said this, Paul is writing to a group of Christians in the first century in the city of Galatia who were really freaking out over all the requirements that they felt like were placed on them. You know, all you got, all, you got the law of Moses and some of us are Jews and some of us are not and those of us are not. Do we need to care about the law of Moses? Do we need to try to keep all those and, and figure that out? And then we got all these holy days and the traditions and all this kind of stuff and I'm not quite sure what to do and we're freaking out and we don't know what to do. Paul, we don't know what to do. And all the important things, not that those things are not important, and not that they don't have a place, but here's what Paul said. <laughs> the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's a bold statement. Paul, you better back this one up. The only thing that counts. Listen very carefully. There are a lot of things that matter but the only two things that count is faith 
the God component expressing itself through love. The people component. A lot of things in life matter. But only two things are going to count in the end. The only two things you're really going to care about in the, in the end. The only two things that are going to matter at your funeral or the things that are going to matter more than anything else is your relationship with God and how you treated other people. That's all you're going to care about. If you, if you are aware that you're about to die, these are the only things that you're going to care about. And the people that gather over your grave or your urn or your casket or they get around to talk about you, these are the only two things that they're going to care to talk about as well. Your relationship with God and how you treated other people. Some of you are going, well, I know this, man. Pastor, I know this. I've been, hey, I've been a Christian all these years. I, I know that. I, I know this. Well, I, I get, okay, so you may have gotten the answer right on the test. You know this, okay? But are you living like you know this? Or are you, like so many of us, so distracted with lesser important things? I mean, I mean, you find yourself spending all your time on things that are not going to matter all that much. I mean, they matter, but just in the end, they don't really count. What counts is faith, expressing itself through love. It's your relationship with God and how you treated other people. This is what families want me to talk about. When I meet with families, to talk about you know, how, what we're going to talk about here in the funeral and the memorial service, this is what they want to talk about. And listen very carefully. I'll say this in the most kind way I know. When either of these two things are not present in someone's life, it is really awkward to try to figure out what the heck I'm going to say. The family doesn't, we got nothing. We don't know. We don't know. Me liked Harleys. Right? I mean, it comes back to one of the lesser important things. When, when the, yeah, it's awkward. So don't put your family in that awkward situation. Don't find yourself in that awkward place. Relationship with God and how you treat it with other people. Let me do one more thing. Let me, let me come back to um, the won't list, by the way. Let's look at it one more time. The reason this stuff won't matter is, is that it's not one of the two big things. And the only time these things really matter all that much at all is when they are tied back to the two things. Your relationship with God... <laughs> and how you treated other people. Let me give you an example. I said we're not going to really talk about your money. We're, we're not. But when we do talk about your money, we talk about your money in relationship to two things. How you used it to forward the mission of God on earth or how you used it to help other people. And your friends will talk about, he'd give you the shirt off his back. Any, if she knew you had a need, She'd find a way to meet it. So they're talking about, really, how you leveraged your money to help others and invest into things that are bigger than yourself. You see what I mean? So we may talk about some of these things, but most of the time when we talk about these things at all, it's really only in relationship to your relationship with God and how you treated other people. It really comes back to those two things, your relationship with God and how you treated others. Have you ever had the privilege, and it is a privilege, it is an honor, really, even though it may feel awkward, 
Have you ever had the privilege of being around someone who knew they were dying? Have you ever had the opportunity to spend time around someone who knew that, okay, I've got weeks left, months left, year, a year, maybe two. I mean, if you've never had that opportunity, one day you probably will, and it really is a gift. It really is a gift. And maybe you have someone in your life right now, and maybe you are that someone If you'll pay attention to what they care about, if you'll pay attention to what they want to talk about and what they don't, if you'll pay attention to the focus of their, their life when their days are literally numbered, here's what you'll find. They really only care about two things these two things right here. Now, yeah, they may have a bucket list and I want to go to Paris and or I'm going to spend the weekend in West Virginia. Because, you know, it's up there. Don't knock it. It's wild and wonderful. But if you'll listen to them, and, and listen, as a pastor, I have been in so many conversations, I can't even remember all the conversations I've had with people who knew they were dying, they only care about this right here. And here's the deal. That's all you're gonna care about too. The truth is, you're just as dying right now as those people. You just don't know when. No one's told you a time frame yet. Your death is just as real could be just as imminent as theirs. You and I are actually, everybody in this room, we're actually dying, like now. And so since this is really all that counts and matters then, why don't we decide to make it matter more now? And every time I've had a conversation with someone at the end of their life, and I've had a lot of them, I'll tell you this right up front, everybody has regrets. Everybody has regrets. I've never talked to anyone that doesn't have regrets. You hear somebody in pride and foolishness and immaturity say, I'm going to live my life with no regrets. They ain't close to death yet. Or they're just foolish. Everybody has regrets, and our regrets, 100% of the time, have something to do with one of these two things right here. Oh, pastor, if I could go back. Oh, pastor, I wish I had one more month. Oh, what I would do for the Lord. Oh, if I had just a little bit more time with my family, with my friends. I wish I could go back. Pastor, nobody told me. Pastor, nobody told me. I wish somebody would have told me. That's why I'm telling you now. Take what's going to matter then, what's going to count then, and make it matter more right now. And if you get to the end of life 
and these two things have been your primary focus, we will say of you that you had a life well lived. That you lived well. And here's the truth. When you live well, you die well. See, everybody dies. Not everybody's going to die well. And if you want to die well, you live well. And if you want to live well, this should be your focus. Because this is all that's going to matter then. Let's make it matter more today. May we all choose, because we all have the choice, to die well by living well. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you. Thank you for the, um, the wake-up call in this moment for many of us that, quite honestly, could feel more than a reminder. It, it, it's almost like a gut punch. It, it's hard. It's sobering. It's challenging. It's raw. We are dying, and it's not a matter of if. It's only a matter of when, and we don't know the when, but we know the what will matter. What will matter most? What's really going to count? And that's our connection with you and our connection with the people around us. Father, I get so distracted with lesser things. Please help me to laser my focus. We all get distracted with lesser things. May we all laser our focus in on what's going to matter most then and make it matter more today so that we can live a life well lived and then die well. It's our choice. May we make the choice and help us in Jesus' name. Amen.